Hello and welcome to the Dream Nation podcast. I'm your host, Yulia. And before I proceed into the show, I'd love for you to go to dreamnation.io. I just launched an awesome line of Dream Nation beanies. They're vegan, they're super soft, super affordable, and they have my logo on it, which I designed myself. So it's a great way to show Dream Nation some love and uh, help other people discover the show as well. Because they'll be like, hey, what's that awesome hat that you're wearing? And you're like, well, it's this really great podcast that I've been listening to. So it's a really, really great party conversation. So please check it out. Also tell your friends on social media about Dream Nation. Every month I interview a different guest about dreams, funding, technology, social impact, diversity to inspire people and to connect. And speaking of inspiration, my next guest coming up is Cash Sri. He's a creative director in advertising copy side. He's worked on four continents and one subcontinent, and you've definitely seen a few of his commercials. Too many to name here. Most notably, the Tiger Woods Hacky Sack Spot, the one where Tiger just plays hacky sack on his golf club, and it's amazing. And um, you can easily Google his work, so I won't go into it here, for it will take up the whole entire time of the show. And uh, Cash also picked up a Con Grand Prix and an Emmy for his work on the Nike Play and Move campaigns. And he's known for being able to tap into the human experience when it comes to telling brand stories. He's been a hero of mine for ages, probably since I got started in advertising. So it's a really, really great honor to sit down with him and ask him all these wonderful questions. Love doing this interview and I hope you enjoy it as well. So take a listen and have a great day. So I'm here with Cash3, and he's lived on four continents, including one soft continent. And I have a little wonderful bio for him that I will include and cut um, after this. But Cash3 is an advertising creative. He's a copywriter with a stint in advertising as well as an art director. (laughs) But then he went back to copywriting. And um, he's responsible for probably most of the commercials you've seen in your whole entire lifetime. He's really talented. And um, I've got a few questions for him. So the first one is, what was your dream as a kid? Gosh, my dream as a kid was more just to be accepted. It might be really sad. I grew up in England, I was like the wrong color and the wrong size, and I just wanted to be accepted. Um, and I guess I wanted to be powerful enough to make a difference. Um, that was it. So you made it over here and you're making a difference to commercials. Yeah, it's a, it, it makes a difference. Well, I, I mean, I wanted to, I, I believed in certain things. And then if you were in a position of no power, because I was poor, um, it makes no difference. So you've got to get yourself in a position of power where you can do something, hopefully. You have to create your own power. Yes. I have a thing I call the loverment. I want to create the loverment. So it's like the government, but it's full of love. And maybe instead of like taking taxes from people, we like pay people to do stuff. Well, it's kind of like what's going on in Bhutan as well, where they say, okay, we're not going to have money, but we are going to have happiness. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's just totally been forgotten. We've replaced happiness with money. I've got this theory, like in the Bible, it says like, don't worship, worship false gods. I don't think it's about idols. I don't think it's about different religions. I think it's about money. I think it's about icons. You and I are in advertising, right? I'm an art director too. We create idols for people to idolize. The Kardashians, they're idols. Yes. And all these people are idols, but we also, not to get like super weird and religious, but we all have the power, right? God is within all of us. And like, we have to stop looking for outside stuff to fill us, like objects. Well, that's a a, a mature development that's happening. And I think it's 
what's happening is with the internet as we start to have access to universal knowledge that's universal knowledge was spiritualism before so technology is catching up with humanity and humanity is rediscovering itself I hope well I think the internet and Siri and AI that phone and selfies that's consciousness looking back at itself right it's a mirror yeah yeah and it's um, kind of an ugly mirror at the moment but there's little glimpses of beauty that start coming out and, and there's access to it it's whether you can do the work as always it's whether you can do the work and now we can push it out a bit which is great but it's whether you want to listen and I think the other thing that's the disturbing thing now is that we can keep ourselves in hold where we never discuss or interact with anything that isn't exactly as we want it and that's little prisons because you're never really interacting with life or the rest of humanity that's the negative side of it. Plus side of it, or the positive side of it, is that you can have access to everyone. And the internet kind of gives you a chance to be with everyone without having to go outside. It gives you a chance to connect with communities. Like on LinkedIn, I hear people are like, oh my god, there's some random person requesting me from like Kazakhstan. I'm not going to be friends with them. And I'm like, no way. I add those people. Yeah. And you know what? They end up being my coders. They end up being my friends. I end up finding like new interesting things. Like get outside of your circle. I remember when the Arab Spring happened, um, and for some reason I got included in a, like a WeChat group on Facebook, I don't know what you call it, messenger groups, um, and I was hearing all these things about, oh, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, so, mate, I'm in America, and one, I'm sort of like, weird that this is going on, and I'm not sure if I should be part of this, but I'm kind of glad that I can listen to this. Uh-huh. It, was, it was weird, but, you know, I was accidentally a part of something, at least as a, you know, an eavesdropper. I think eavesdropping is good, even if we don't understand it. It's just good. It's just good to absorb it and process it. And your Instagram says that everything is a choice. That is our power. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that. What was the first step that you took, I guess, to become a creative, right? You believe in like fearless creativity. Yeah. So what was the first step that you took that brought you to this table right here? Um, not following my parents' wishes. And uh, if I'd have done that, I'd have ended up as a doctor or an engineer or a lawyer or something like that that they could relate to. Um, I was good at art. I was odd. I was a strange thinker. I was an only child, so I lived in my own head a lot of the time. Um, and it would come out in like weird expressions of like you know, uh, immediate ways of looking at the world or art or just not seeing the world like everyone else. And um, I decided quite easily not to um, follow academia. So um, I, I decided to fail my exams. <laughs> How did that work out? Um, it worked out I had no choice but to go to art. Um, and it worked out that my parents didn't talk to me for about eight months. And then I got some, you know, I re some exams and stuff, but it was just, and I wasn't that good at school anyway, but it was just a way of making sure that they couldn't push me towards the route they had So my next question is, can brands teach humans to be kinder to one another? Your commercials have a lot of like emotional touches to them, which are very human. Can advertising brands teach humans to be kinder? I think they can, and some are, like Tom's and um, even other brands, I think Nike's done it in the past. Um, I think Apple's capable of doing it, but isn't at the moment. Um, but I think brands are huge influences on us. I 
personally think they've taken the place of religions um, in that religions used to teach us how to be. They were basically brands too. And they were, given, they were imbued with meaning and we could align with those meanings. Well, look what's happening to brands now. They're imbued with meanings and we align with those meanings. So if brands behave correctly, then we can be kinder to each other. We should be kinder to each other. Basically, they're stories that we're falling behind. And if they're setting examples for us to go behind and say, yeah, that's actually a good way of doing things, then we will. We can always choose not to, but at least they're behaving well. Now, especially now that you can't just talk, you have to back it up, then brands are starting to set examples, some bad, some good. Brands have so much power to connect with people. Yesterday, I keep on thinking about Puerto Rico and how nothing is going on, and I just went on LinkedIn, and I just tagged the head of marketing for JetBlue, for Delta, and then for Pepsi Co. and Poland Spring, and I was like, hey guys, we can just send a jet full of water and a bunch of other supplies. Like, here, if you guys want to start a conversation, right here. And I was like, I wonder how many of them are just going to unfriend me. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, brilliant. it's about social impact. I'm like, you have a plane, you have water, you have drones. There are no roads, just get stuff there. It's free advertising, basically. You would be insane not to do this. Well, can, can you remember when I said when I was a kid and I wanted to be able to make a difference, mm -hmm. but I had no power? You just found your power. I did, but it doesn't matter if nobody's listening, right? You only have power if people listen. Um, you only have power if people listen, but first you've got to have the intention. You set your intention, and then it's whether it's manifested, and that's the social buy. That's who latches on to it, who takes it. It mimics spiritualism. You know, it starts with that and then expands. Yeah, it's a part of all of us. That's true. So my question is, what's the difference between good and bad agencies? Ooh. <laughs> Integrity. Um, and we all have to compromise that integrity to keep the lights on. Um, it's... Keeping the lights on is one thing. Just trying to make profit is another. And I think as as um, companies get bought by holding companies as get, and they get bought by other holding companies, they just don't give a shit about why you do things. They just want the money. That false god. Um, whereas the good agencies tend to be like, here's what I'm willing to do, here's what I'm not willing to do. And they tend to just tell the truth. Um, I'm a huge um, fan of Wyden because they've stayed independent and they've stayed honest, and you can feel their voice. It's just like, even when you're being funny, that's honest, that's a truth. You're not fucking with me, I agree with you. Even the Kentucky Fried Chicken stuff, it's the first good Kentucky Fried Chicken ads I've seen, and I love them, and I look forward to them, because it's a friend that's not lying to me. And I think the good agencies understand that there's a contract with people, and you don't break that contract and the bad agencies break that contract. That's powerful stuff. So how can we make ad agencies more diverse at the upper and also creative levels? Um, two things, and this is gonna be controversial. One, we have to hire people that aren't like us. And that's very difficult because as the business gets faster, if you've got people like you, the shorthand, and you can pass things along and get things done faster and easier. If people aren't like you, there's a lot more translation, there's a lot more 
rough edges and there's a lot more friction. Um, that's one part. Um, the second part is people that aren't, and it covers a couple of things. It covers um, a millennial generation and younger who have got no soft skills, um, no soft social skills. They, they've lived on the internet, they don't have to deal with people, they don't have to make eye contact, which just basically sounds like me when I was young, but I was just shy and didn't like people. Um, so I can sort of relate, but I don't have to. So I think we also have to train people from certain backgrounds and certain communities that this may not be seen as acceptable behavior. This may be seen as cool, but it's not gonna get you anywhere. So it might give you, it might make you king of a small pile, but it might not get you into the big pool where you can make a difference. So I think behaviors have to change on both sides. Um, and I think most people only talk about one side. Does that make any sense? It does, it does. I see so much that I think there needs to be an access to education and access to schools to more people because advertising school is so expensive. Yeah, I teach free, well, for my part, uh, once a week here um, through Ad House, which is relatively cheap, you don't have to go to college, but you just learn how to do advertising. And the good thing about that situation is that you can see people early and even if they've got bad books, you can see what they've got. And a book or a portfolio is just limited. It's like, okay, I can see what you've been told to do and I can see that you've done what you think is professional, but I can't see you. And when I see you, I can see there's gonna be a great voice in there. That's a voice that can come out and change the world. And if you can get to that, you can get to that when you're teaching, if you've got a bit of time, then you can start to bring people out of themselves and into the industry. That's my personal thing. Very similar to acting classes where they strip away all the bullshit. Right, which is oddly enough how I try and write. Um, I equate it to method acting. Not that I've ever learned method acting, but what I think method acting is. And I say, I try and say, okay, who is this person? What's the essence of this person? Now that I can write like that, you can throw anything at me and I'll react in that tone. And, that, and, I'll, and I'll be true to that voice. Or that, that voice will modify as, you know, as it needs to, but it'll be a true person. What is your advice for executing a global campaign? You've lived all over the world, right? Yeah. You've seen everything and you've worked on global brands. Yeah. What makes a successful global campaign, especially in all of like this noise that we have now, we've got all these channels. I would say find human truths because as far away as we are from each other, and as individual as we all are, we all have human truths. Um, then it's how you skin that human truth for that culture. So one, go listen, find people there, see how different they are. One of the things that threw me when I went from England to Singapore was England, actually England even more so than America. America is like the cult of the individual to the point where, okay, uh, we drive like no one else is on the road and um, it's me, me, me. But it also allows for like these pinnacles of sport, these pinnacles of like, you know, superhumans, like these heroes, which is lovely, you know. Um, but in Asia, you suddenly realize that no, it's about us. And it's about a weird type of harmony. It's not always harmonious, but it's a weird type of harmony. It's like, there's more of a collective feel. And then you start to realize that there is that, that difference between rock logic and water logic. and 
And I think that Asian sort of way of thinking, that more female way of thinking, is coming into culture. That was the Mayan calendar thing when we switched over. Went from male thinking to female thinking, not the end of the earth. So that was nice to see. And you sort of recognise it. And the more you travel to different places, the more you sort of see, oh, that's a way of thinking. Oh, that's a way of seeing. Oh, that's a way of relating. And then you hopefully you meet more people and say, oh, you, you look at the world like that. That's another thing. Diversity, isn't it? Yeah, I think the more you get into diversity, the more you travel, the more you're like, everybody's like me. Yeah. So if you get out and you travel, you realize how similar everybody is. And I guess like I, I hate using the word diversity because it sounds like everybody is different, but my goal is to make everybody realize that diversity just means that we're all the same. Yeah. We're, we're all different, but we're still the same. Well, if we were all exactly the same, how bleeding bored would we be? It's like, okay, well, it's like, how's your day? Well, you know, it's exactly the same as yours. <laughs> we'll have nothing to say. We'll have nothing to learn. And I think it's sometimes, someone might say the same thing to me at, at 20 different points of my journey, and they'll say it just a different way once, and I'll get it. And sometimes it's finding that person that says it a different way once, that you get it. Because I think all of our journey is about discovering ourselves. And different voices can do that, I think. I think that's good. So back to my question, which is, what is your advice for executing a global campaign on many different mediums? <laughs> On many different mediums. Find a truth. Because um, we're all humans. And the last question is, what is your dream as an adult? To make a difference. That's it. You're already doing it. You've been doing it your whole entire life. Not yet. Not yet. No, no, I'm starting to get enough weight to have a voice, but I'm not making a difference yet. And I will, I hope. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. Okay. And I'm really excited to see what other work you have coming up because I really respect your work and I think you do really, really great work. So it's truly an honor to sit here and interview you. Well, thank you. Thanks for tuning into the show. I hope you enjoyed it. Please share on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Dream Nation Love. It's not Dream Nation Podcast, it's Dream Nation Love because I think my single mission in life is to teach people how to love a little bit more and together we can save the world. So it's Dream Nation Love. Share it with your friends. Have a great day and go out and make the world a better place.